Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Thursday, January 5th, 2023. The weather today will be a high of minus 7 degrees in Edmonton, minus 10 degrees in Saskatoon, and 4 degrees in Toronto. Happy Thursday! <laughs> Thank you, Evie and Evie. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We had uh, Everly Squared sleepover last night. So you got uh, double every trouble this morning doing the uh, date and weather. Her buddy had a sleepover, yep. So <laughs> good. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? You hate that. I did. Good morning. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, we are broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app. Come join us live for the live show. Um, all you got to do is just download that app. Uh, follow the Real Estate Investing Morning Show and you'll get notified at 6 a.m. that we are live. Come on in, say hello in the chat, call into the show, ask any questions you want about real estate investing. We will answer them for free. It's free coaching every morning. Take advantage of it. No excuses. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, let us know that you're here. Say good morning to us. If this is your first time on the show, say, hey, it's my first time. Uh, we'll make sure to embarrass you. <laughs> Maybe I'll call you out. Maybe I'll get you to ask questions right away. I mean, if this if, if you're going to wake up early, I mean, get value out of it, right? Absolutely. If not, sleep in the extra hour. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. What do we got joining us today? Ah, well, we have... Scotty P. Scotty P. We have Carlos and Eric and Elray and Ken. Good morning, everybody. Good we morning. have Jared and Amanda and Paul. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Cody, Nathan, Kirsten, Kyle... Did you say Joey? No. Okay, I'll wait. <laughs> we have Annette and Kathleen and May. Good morning, everybody. John. Alan. Garrett. Joshua. Buongiorno, Taylor. Tay-Tay. Josh, buongiorno. Buongiorno, Prisipese. Good morning, Daryl. Hey, hey, hey. We have Sean, Brandon. Sean's here? Yeah. Awesome. Matt. Did you say Joey? No, I don't see Joey. Oh, okay. I'll he might have joined before I is. Why is he here? No. Oh, just checking. <laughs> just checking. Ken's he, Ken says I am here for this spicy chat. Ooh, <laughs> oh, we got a five alarm show today. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I got someone else's kid in the house. I can't say anything bad. <laughs> I can't rant. I can't swear. 
You're in for a PG show today. Oh, yeah, I was even thinking about doing like a kids show today, but like uh, too short notice. It's one of those shows I got to prep for. And yeah. today is not the day that I have any preparations. So you know, I'm, I'm relying on you guys and your preparations. Good morning, Chad. Good morning, Liam. Good morning, guys. Um, I'm looking looking to you guys for your questions today. I do have one question left over. Chad, Chad is three for three. Out Chad, of boy. Chad's oh, 2023 is going to be a good year for Chad. <laughs> Chad, you've been posting pictures, but like not a whole lot of description. Um, are you buying a sixplex or an eightplex there? One of those row house uh, uh, new builds. He changed his he changed his cover photo. Everyone's oh, I did all actually like, notice that. Everyone's all like, some ooh, the mystery of the drawings of his <laughs> six or eight plex. I didn't count it. Uh, I can't <laughs> count to four. <laughs> um, so yeah, what's the what's the dealio with that? Are you are you are you buying one of those new builds in Edmonton? Let us know. Three for th oh, God, he's talking about okay, never mind. Um, and everybody else, what are you guys up to today? What's going on? What questions do you have? Barry just uh, slipped in the back of Good the room as well. Okay. Shall um, we hit those upcoming events? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> uh, this Saturday, uh, January 7th uh, in Edmonton from 1 to 3 p.m., we've got a real, a real estate investing master's networking event. Um, holding it at one of our fix and flip projects. So you can come on out and see um, a project. You can ask questions about it. You get to network with other real estate investors. Uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a hell of a time. And um, did you say coffee? We're gonna have coffee. Yep, there'll be coffee. Wow, there'll be fresh hot coffee. Who's paying for that? We are. Son of a. We're bitch. gonna treat you guys. We're gonna treat you guys good. Okay. Well, they deserve it. Um, there was fifty spots, and all fifty spots are gone. Um, they went very quickly. But if you really, 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 really want to go, just you have to uh, work for it. By messaging Wayne. Oh, yeah. Just send me a DM or email us at info at reimorningshow.com and I'll let you in. No big deal. I'll put your name on the list. We'll let you in through the garage door or the side entrance. Um, yeah, it's not a big deal. We just try and cap it so that like 400 people don't show up. Um, but uh, yeah, lots of people have been messaging me. So yeah, we're, we're definitely over 50, which is great. You know, anytime you can get out to a networking event and network with other people, um, it's, it's better there's, than Zoom. There's 50 or 60 opportunities just floating around the room with you. Absolutely. And, you know, just think about some of the, the joint ventures that we've seen develop and friendships that we've seen mm -hmm. develop, you know, at, at, at our networking events. Friendships more so. Look at the community in Edmonton. It's phenomenal. It's wild. You know, there are a couple other events, but I mean, a lot of those are like presentation based. Okay. Like, you know, presentations are nice, but networking is supposed to be networking. You know what I mean? You're supposed to be connecting with other people, having conversations, not a five minute coffee break in between someone's. <laughs> pitch or gimmick or whatever so you know this is a, a great opportunity to network with others tell people what it is that you have what it is that you want find out what they have what it is that they want and develop some great friendships and um, we're looking forward to meeting you guys there lots of new people coming on saturday lots of new people have reached out nice. um um apparently my my social media vids uh have been uh have been 
I've been kicking ass lately and I've had a lot of new people coming out and be like, Hey dude, love your reels. And uh, I'd like to come. Oh, your- so it, 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 it works. No, no. Social media doesn't work. <laughs> it's not a great way to connect with people. It's not a great way to connect with people. It's not a great way to create new opportunities. Um, so yeah, Wayne, Wayne's social media game is bringing uh, new opportunities to you. We could say. You're welcome. Yeah. Do you have that clip? Um, the rock? The, from Moana? Yeah. No, I don't. You should. <laughs> <laughs> what has two arms and holds up the sky? This guy. <laughs> or is it two thumbs? When you were waddling, yay, hi, this guy. Oh, okay. Something, That's something. okay. Something, something. You'll learn it. Apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> is it two thumbs and holds up the sky? Yeah. Is it two arms or two thumbs? I don't know. Son of a gun. <laughs> okay. Oh. Uh, yeah, so that's this Saturday. Um, March 18th, uh, Barry McGuire is holding a wholesaling workshop in Calgary. Go to that. I have not seen a wholesaling workshop in Alberta in... Tell me the last one that you remember. Well, I don't remember one. <clears throat> at all. At, at all. I don't remember one since I've started. It's a, it's clearly a problem. It's, it's an, it's a, would you call it an epidemic pandemic <laughs> epidemic? I would call it a great opportunity. What's the definition of epidemic? Widespread occurrence of an infectious disease in a community at a particular time. Yeah, that, that's what it is. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Paul already booked his hotel for the event. Very cool. Paul booked it? Yeah. Awesome. Book, he, he's booked his hotel. <clears throat> we got to book our hotel. Uh, Am where, I coming? Are there, where is it at? Calgary. Calgary. So they'll probably hold it at? Probably Cleek. Cleek. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Paul probably knows. Are you coming? That's a great question, Gabby. Are you coming? They still got to book the event. Oh, you still got to book the event. I don't know what Paul's saying. Are you coming? I don't know. I didn't think so. You don't really do much wholesaling. No. But you know lots about it. Actually, you know, you do more than like do more than I do. Like we, all we, I do is I fill out the paperwork. That's man. well. That's <laughs> all I do is just talk to people. So Paul um, says yes. It's at Cleek. Awesome. There you go. I figured as much. It's a really great hotel. It is. Nice little bar. Mainly there. because there's LED lights underneath the beds and yeah, your beds. They got below. cool like little purple lights. Well, you can change the color with the remote. You can change the color. Yeah. Yeah, they put LED lights underneath the bed. It's pretty cool. Sheila wants to know when there's going to be an AFS course in Calgary. Well, Great you question. just missed one. You just missed one. Uh, 2022. Was it last year? Yeah. Spring. Mother's Day. Oh, that was, was it Rapid Cash or was it AFS? It was Rapid Cash. Yeah. They're probably due for one. They'll probably do one in September, but I don't know where it'll be. We do not know. Edmonton was last September, right? Yes. So we'll very likely have one in. Cal- I, I don't. I don't. I say we, but like Barry and Donna get to choose. Um, but based on based on their schedule right now, doing a wholesaling uh, workshop in March, and then flying all the way down to Toronto in April for an agreement for sale course on April first, like two weeks later, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw one in May. <laughs> um, and Matt will be at the um, wholesaling course. 
Matt who? Leger. Awesome. Awesome. We have a lot of mats in our life. Sorry. I just want to be sure. That's true. Um, awesome. Matt's doing some amazing things with wholesaling okay, right so, now. Uh, oh, sorry. Okay, so what? Okay. Okay, so <laughs> um, we were talking about upcoming events. Yeah, I was just saying April 1st. Um, when you're done, you know, with your Calgary wholesaling workshop, hop on a plane. Um, Clique is right next to the airport. Go hop on the plane. Um, go visit. Um, spend a couple of weeks in in Ontario. Yeah, go see the falls, <laughs> the CN Tower, um, the vineyards of Niagara on the Lake, um, the wonderful one way streets of Hamilton. <laughs> Someone in Hamilton's gonna get my joke. I fucking hate that city. <laughs> <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> Hamilton, just, just, okay. Um, just, just picture like, you know, Terminator in the future. Like, you remember like the future? It's been a while since I've seen Terminator, but um, like the future scenes of like Terminator where it's just like robots everywhere and it's like flames in the sky. It's like, okay. It's really dark and just everybody's like hiding, you know, in like trenches. Okay. That's what Hamilton looks like at night. Is there fire in the sky? Yeah, because there's like the there's like a, some plants and stuff there. I think oh. there's like a refinery there or something. I can't remember. It's been a while. But anyways, that's what it looks like at night in Hamilton. <laughs> um, and then during the day when you're trying to get around, there's nothing but one way streets downtown. And I, I lost count how many times I turned down the wrong way down a one way street in Hamilton. So I just don't go there anymore. Nice. For obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, go visit that great, great city. Um, yeah, you know, take it down the highway, go check out St. Catharines, the birthplace of me, um, a little further down, you can, you know, hit Niagara on the lake. So follow the coast of Lake Ontario, go down to Port Dalhousie, go all the way down to, uh, you know, Niagara on the lake, go check out the vineyards. Wayne Gretzky's got a vineyard down there. Go all the way up Niagara river. You're going to hit the falls, you know, hit the Ferris wheel. Anyways, you got two weeks. You got two weeks to go and do all that stuff because um, on April 1st, um, there's an agreement for sale workshop uh, in Toronto. And uh, that's going to be amazing. I'll be there as well for that. Uh, if you guys are wanting to learn how to buy properties for little to no money down where the seller carries the financing, you got to be there for it. That's that's That was how I made it. I used that strategy when we were getting started. Um we we're about three years in and I was at a roadblock. Um, not all of us are as successful as, you know, Cody and Joey getting, you know, like 16 properties in four months or whatever they're doing. Um, some of us were much, much slower and much more stubborn. Um, and that was me. First three years, I had a you know handful of properties in my in my pocket and uh, I was just stuck. I, I was out of opportunities. I wasn't networking. I... Uh, ran out of money, ran out of joint venture prospects, talked to everybody. Don't get me wrong. I talked to everyone, but it just wasn't working out. And so I saw the, the workshop Barry and Donna were putting on. <clears throat> I said, I got to try this because if no one's going to take me seriously about this whole real estate investing thing, I'm going to need to do it myself because everybody, what was everybody saying? Everybody's always like, oh, okay, well, how many do you have? I'd be like three. And they're like, oh, well, that's not very much, right? They don't take you seriously. How many, how many of you guys are dealing with that right now? Where like you're asking people to invest 50, 60, 100,000, $200,000 into 
you know, your next investment property. And, um, and they're saying no, because they, they don't take you seriously enough. So when I heard that, and that's the, the common thing that I was hearing, I'm like, okay, what I need to do is I need to show them that I can do it. And then once I show them that I am worth it, they will invest with me. And that's exactly what I did. So I learned how to do it. Six months later, I was locking up properties left, right, and center with seller Doc- financing. Documenting it on social media. Documenting on social media. No, no, social <laughs> media doesn't work. Does not work, guys. <clears throat> locking up properties, documenting the whole process. Everybody's seeing it and they're like, whoa, look at this guy doing all this stuff. Hey, how do I get involved? I'm like, well, I got this deal right here. I just picked up. You can joint venture in on it. They give me money. They joint venture in. They partner in on the property. I get my money back out. You know, now I've got some capital in my pocket. I can start doing other deals, that type of stuff. And it all just, it literally catapulted. It all stemmed. It all started from that course, that workshop. I don't say that. Just to say, I mean it, that literally changed our business. I don't think I would have continued on. Changed our lives. Well, yeah. When you look at like pivotal moments in your life, had I not taken that workshop, I would not be here today doing this podcast. Mm -hmm. I'd be some other schmuck. No offense to the other schmucks that were, you know, that started at that same time and did that same stuff. But I like, you know what I mean? There's lots of people that come in and out of this industry, this community who, you know, full of piss and vinegar, full of energy. They say that I'm going to be the next Grant Cardone. I'm going to be a billionaire. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that one before. And then they fizzle out because it's hard. Yeah. So I'm telling you, if you want to know what Wayne did, that's what I did. I took that workshop and I worked hard. It's not easy. Yeah. It's, it's, It's not easy. It's a lot of hard work. But if you do it, pick up a bunch of properties, get yourself set up, get some joint venture partners. And then it's just everything just just grew exponentially after that. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're in Ontario, if you're in Quebec, if you're in uh, Manitoba, I mean, it's worth the drive. I mean, Manitoba's a little far, but hop on a plane or, geez, I mean, go to, if you're in Alberta, take the plane out to Toronto. Go, go visit Toronto. It's a nice little area. Go see Hamilton. And... Um, <laughs> Crispy says, easy. That's where I grew up. Crispy said that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Garrett says, are you sure you're not thinking, you're not talking about Sherwood Park? Sherwood Park's much nicer. Sherwood Park's beautiful. Yeah, as long as you don't look west. Yeah. <laughs> burn, burn, burn. <laughs> and isn't there like, because of the plants, isn't there, and then the, like, the direction of the winds, aren't they like going to be plagued with disease in like 20 years? Their lifespan's decreased by like half. <laughs> but it's beautiful. I was, I was about to say something about like just watch their kids, but then I, that's just terrible. Yeah, Don't that say that, terrible. Wayne. Don't say that. Edit that out. Don't talk about their kids. <laughs> okay, watch the fish in their ponds. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, April 1st. What was I talking about? Barry and Donna's. Yeah. Barry McGuire's. <laughs> The Creamin for Sale Workshop. It's in Toronto, uh, April 1st. Uh, it's, yeah, even if you're in Alberta, it's the content is still going to be the same, more or less. It's just going to be a little more catered towards Ontario and, and, and Ontario um, uh, real estate laws. But same, same. I tell you, it's worth it. And everybody who joins the, uh, the REI Master's Mentorship Program, you get the home study kit for free. So if you if it's the first time you're hearing about agreements for sale and you're thinking about joining Master's, um, you get the agreement for sale course. You get all of Barry and Donna's home study kits. It's all part of it for free. Um, 
So that's another option as well. Okay, let's take a quick little commercial break. We'll get into whatever comments I've missed here. Let's see if uh, does everyone want to talk about Hamilton today? Is that what's going on? <laughs> okay, we'll be right back. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI Properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds from no DCI. No sloppy seconds. So if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. Hello, we're back. Kyler's here. And you know what I like about Kyler? He put an exclamation mark at the end of his name. Damn straight he did. Kyler why, why wouldn't Gunderson! you? Why wouldn't you? I love it. And we got some uh, mystery people here with some like uh, who didn't who didn't care to take the time to write out their names um, uh, on their profile. So we've got GFJ STQFK is in the house, uh, and we got UIXZNSNR in the morning. Yeah, maybe it wasn't that they didn't take the time or care to do it. Maybe it's that. They want to remain anonymous. Why? You're like, I don't want people to know that I'm here. Are you from Hamilton? (laughs) (laughs) Reveal yourself. Sorry, Crispy. (laughs) (laughs) I think I went to, I think I went to Hamilton like five times. Um, Yeah. Not a whole lot going on there. Um, Had friends that worked in Hamilton. Yeah, I'm trying. Like Gabby's, like just move it on. Can we please just <laughs> please, move? Please talking about supposed to be talking about real estate or whatever. But I got nothing to talk about. I don't see any questions. I do um, not see any questions in the comments. You know, section. Sean said something or asked something, but it's not going to lead to a very lengthy conversation. You'd be surprised. Okay, I'm I'm scrolling. I'm trying to get there. Are all you guys just got all your shit figured out and you're ready to take on the day today? Like you're ready to call all of your friends and family and, and raise $500,000 today? Is that is that, is that that's the case? Because I know a lot of you, hang on, just a jiffy. I know a lot of you need money. I know a lot of you struggle with having those conversations because very similar to what I was saying a moment ago, people don't take you seriously enough. So let's let's work through it. Let's let's get over those roadblocks. Let's actually get something done today. Let's Let's move the fucking needle. Am I right? He's right. Are you not going to do anything today? How is that going to change tomorrow? Are you going to do anything on Saturday? How about Sunday? Let's just wait till Monday. Uh, You know what? I'm still in holiday mode. Let's wait till February 1st. The year is almost over. We are five days in. 2023 is going to slip away just as quickly as 2022 did. So stand up, open your mouth, put your hand up. Ask some questions. Let's get some shit figured out. Let's work through it. You got an amazing community here to support you. No one's going to judge you. If you want, you can you can change your name to XYZ. But let's let's figure it out today. Let's get some stuff done. I want to I want to help you guys. That's what we're here for. Now, what was the other question? 
Oh, well, first, I just want to add to that because um, yesterday, um, so uh, Wayne's dad has been here. He stayed with us for a couple nights and now he's over at Wayne's uh, sister staying there and he's uh, leaving today. So last night we all went out for a big family dinner last, uh, I already said last night, last night. (laughs) Um, He he likes the Mexican restaurant here in Leduc. So we went out for tacos. Uh, Big surprise. First tacos of 2023. (laughs) We didn't take any pictures. Um, anyways, and the, I can't remember the context of it, but the waitress was like, ah, it's still, it's still kind of the holiday season though. Right. So it's okay. And I was like, no, it's not. I bit my tongue. <laughs> I didn't. I was like, no, it's not. She's like, well, and I was like, do people actually really feel like it's still the holiday season? Like after, if my tree is still up on January 2nd, I'm like cringing. Like I'm like, I'm. The holiday, like as soon as the holiday season is over, it's like clear out, everything's gone, back to normal. And maybe that's just like what I need for myself to like get going and like get out of the, because I kind of get a holiday funk. But I was like, wow, are people still like thinking that it's like the holiday season, still time to like, just like chill out, have some treats. Yeah. (laughs) I see that Christmas Christmas tree go up and I cringe. I put the Christmas tree up earlier than a lot of people. I put it up in November. I, I like it. to enjoy, like, my my favorite thing is walking down in the dark in the morning with the with the Christmas tree lights on. Lovely. Like, just coming down the stairs and the tree's on, and it's just so beautiful. It makes me feel good in the morning. Aside from that, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I see it, and I'm like, oh, guess we're not getting anything done for the next 30 days. Because just everybody's in holiday mode. It's not just, like, you know my my house i mean just like everybody else nobody is inclined oh my god this is this is a terrible time of year because there's no growth in december january that's the worst part about it there's no growth in december january it's all like everybody just like puts everything off to the side management piles just like pile up meaning that more emails and stuff are just going to be done next week or next month or after the holidays. So it just piles up more management and then it prevents you from growing. That's, that's the way I see it. As soon as that tree goes down, I'm like, finally, can we get back? Can we get back to work? That's, that's the way I operate though. Because like, if I'm not growing, I'm dying and I am literally dying. You will see it. You can look at me and you can see me dying. I love Love, 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 love the holidays. (laughs) But I do get in a pretty bad funk being out of routine for that long. So it's basically like between Christmas and New Year's, it's like a long time. And I, if I'm not like busy, I get into a pretty bad, pretty bad space. Um, So I have a love-hate relationship with the holidays. But, and that says here that the religious holiday season is December 25th to January 7th. And I didn't know that. I'm not religious. Um, so that's interesting. So so like, but what's supposed to be happening uh, until January 7th? I know that like, okay, Amanda said Ukrainian Christmas hasn't happened yet. So obviously there's, you know, other, other cultures and stuff that celebrate at different times, which is fair, Mm -hmm. but, um, to be fair. Yeah. To be fair. Uh, but okay. And that says those are the real 12 days of Christmas. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, uh, I know all the songs. I celebrate Christmas. Jeez, I just don't know the details. <laughs> read a read a Bible. Um, and that's not religious either, but grew up that way. Yeah. Uh, my mom grew up in a very strict religious household, so she like rebelled 
what would you call it? Would you call it rebelled? <laughs> Anyways, and was then sure. like when she was out on her own, became very non-religious. And so I didn't grow up with any religious education. Mm. But anyways. Um, Brandon had a question. Yeah, there are some questions now coming in. So we will get off of that topic. Um, and I'm going to start with Sean's comment. What about Brandon? Brandon what? asks, is Joey here? Oh. <laughs> Joey's not here. Okay, well, that's fine. Um, okay, so um, sh earlier in the show, Sean asked, any experience with syndications in Canada? Mm. Um, experience? Experience? No. no. There are a few people that do it. Um, I've got a... I have opinions that I should keep to myself on that. The people, so there, there's large scale ones, like large, like REITs and stuff like that. That's not the same thing. But um, most of the syndications that I see, and there's not many in the community, um, are all, they're all coaches. So there's a couple people that do it. Um, they quote unquote coach and teach courses. And then you know, they basically show people that it's really easy to do. And then people go and try it and they're like, oh, this is really hard. And then they're well, like, oh, it's, o mine. <laughs> it's okay. You can just, you can just come into mine or you can raise money for my syndication. And so it's, I find it to be a little, I don't know, because I, I, I know that they're in, I, you always got to think back to like, what's the intention? Is there intention to actually help them or is there intention to actually get more people, you know, to be a part of their syndication? So, um, you know, I, I can't speak for their intentions. That's between them and God, but it's pretty fucking obvious. Um, so there's, there's a few people that are doing it in the States as well, or Canadians that are doing it in the States. I, I'm not very, I, I, I don't like it very much because I think it's manipulative and I think that they're, they're double dipping as well. They're, they're charging people, you know, tons of money for courses, education, coaching, mentorship. And at the same time, they're double dipping and getting them to go out and raise funds for them. So. But what, but what's, okay. So we determined that you don't like them in our community. I don't know much about, I don't know much about structure, to be honest. Um, because I, I, you know, I, I voice my opinions on the mathematics of multifamily in Canada. And most of the multifamily experts are now all going to the U.S. as well. Um, because they, it's quite clear that they, they agree with it. The only reason they're still teaching courses on multifamily in Canada is to sell courses, right? Because everybody knows that there's no deals here. Anyone who buys the deals here are buying the shit. They're buying the D and the F class, you know, buildings, right? Unless of course you found some unique way to add value to the property so that, you know, you can increase the value and make some profit off it or do a burr, but it's just, there's not much. And if you do find it, they're in small little towns, with no industry and they don't meet the basic fundamentals of real estate investing. So with that being said, there's not many people that are doing it in Canada. I don't know much about the structure. I haven't looked into the structure personally because there's just no opportunity. Here. Are syndications only for buying multifamily? What's the relation there? I, I wouldn't do it for a residential single family. It just makes more sense to, for large scale. But anyways, I don't have much to add on that, unfortunately. Um, but what I'll do, who asked? Sean. I'll do some research. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, no promises. No promises. I'm not going to take a course. Okay. So uh, just since we just briefly touched on it, um, a lot of people might not actually know the definition. So um, as per Google, uh, commonly referred to as a real estate investment syndicate, this type of investment involves bringing together a group of individuals, usually between two and 10 people, but sometimes as many as hundreds of investors to pool their money and purchase a property. Mm -hmm. uh, much different than a joint venture. Yeah. Okay. Um, as we're as we're talking about this, I'm looking up safety codes for range hoods. <laughs> we have a range hood question. Okay. Um, Taylor had a question. Yep. Uh, Taylor says, if buying land, can you educate me on payment slash funding choices? I know conventional mortgage is no bueno. Yeah. Um, my general understanding of it is that there's limited financing options. Um, in most cases, the, you know, they're, they'll, they'll lend, like, if you buy a primary residence, a home, then you'll, you know, you get the CMHC financing, um, or CMHC insurance, you can get, um, you know, high loan to value ratios, um, because they're safe investments or someone's house. Um, when you buy an investment property, you know, it's not insured, you know, if it's, it's 20% down, but they've got a little more, you know, there's a little more skin in the game. Plus it's an investment property. It's a rental property. So you're going to be, you have money coming in to cover those payments. So it's very low risk. Um, when it's just a piece of land, it's a little bit different. Um, it's the risk is a lot higher for a lender. So I don't know many lenders that do lend on it. just personally, uh, there are lenders that will, um, I think that there's probably, you know, boutique lenders or small lenders out there who will lend for like farming land. You know what I mean? If there's a purpose, if there's income coming in for it, um, as for just buying a plot and just sitting on it, um, I would talk to your mortgage broker and find out. That's not something I've personally looked into though. Uh, general, general speak, like general conversations I've had with people is that there's, it's very limited and, and obviously not as, uh, not as attractive as some of the other financing products out there for other types of um, um, building prop properties. Okay. Um, do, do you want to talk about rain sheds or? Uh... I don't, I don't have the answer. Um, it's this would be very easy to figure out though. Um, I'm looking at the Alberta building code from 1990 for mechanical ventilation for residential dwellings. I'm literally going through code for you right now. Cause, um, Johnny has a pretty good question that, uh, can turn into a pretty good conversation, I think. Okay. Um, just uh, on our way down to that question though, um, Garrett's well, to be, to be honest, the reason I didn't answer that range of question yesterday for you, was it Paul? I don't know. Um, I don't remember. I yes, saw it, but a couple people um, that answered. I think Andrew chimed in, Matt Bordian chimed in. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I, I didn't have the answer and I didn't want to go through code last night because I was out for dinner having tacos. That's why I didn't answer it. <laughs> from what I can recall from just briefly reading the comments, it's more of like a grandfathering type of thing. Like new construction definitely needs um, the uh, hood fan exhausted outfit to the exterior, mm -hmm. whereas um, it might not have been part of the code prior. So um, if that's the case, and you're not opening any sort of big permit on the property, nobody's going to be checking and you don't really need to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. So that seemed to be the co the common answer. 
that I that I saw. Okay, but no clue. I don't know. I give me ten minutes when I'm not on the show, and I can probably find the answer. Yeah. Um, just look up the Alberta uh, building code for it, yeah. or ventilation code. Um. Garrett mentioned that he looked at an AFS last night. They owe 25K, I'm guessing 1,000, 25,000 more than what they are selling it for. Yep. And about 40,000 more than any comparable sold in the last two months. Uh, there's no question there. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I can I can kind of touch on it really quickly. Let's let's give a let's give some rough numbers for just people to understand. I'm just wondering though, does he mean that uh, the sale price is 40k more than yeah. any comparable? Okay. Yeah. So let's assume that um, the property is worth one hundred thousand um, dollars. They're trying to sell it for one hundred and forty. Uh, sorry, no. Uh, let's assume that they're the they're trying to. Okay, let's let's change that around. The house is worth one hundred. Um. They're selling it for one forty. They're selling it for one forty, and their mortgage is one twenty five. No, it would be the other way around. Oh gosh, hang on a second. <laughs> hang on a second. They. Oh no they they owe one. The house is worth one. <laughs> they okay. Look, give me the real numbers. How, I really. I don't know the real numbers. Well, they the, okay. So their mortgage is twenty five thousand dollars more. Yeah. Okay, here's a better way of doing it. Their <laughs> their their mortgage is twenty five thousand dollars more than what they're trying to. What sell it's, it for? What they're trying to sell it for? Well, they're trying to sell it for, and all the comparables are forty thousand dollars less than what they're trying to sell it for. Yes. So trying to sell it for one hundred, their mortgage is one twenty five, but the property is worth sixty. 60. There you go. <laughs> Those are just rough numbers. I'm just so, so you guys can have a visualization. I probably butchered that visualization for you, but so you can kind of understand what that looks like. So is it a good deal? Well, no one. Uh, if you were buying this as a standard purchase um, for a hundred, uh, one you'd be paying overpaying forty thousand dollars. Okay, but you, you know you could if you if you transacted on it when you send the hundred thousand dollars over to the seller for the transaction, they have a hundred and twenty five thousand dollar mortgage. They're going to be short twenty five thousand dollars, meaning that. They're going to have to come up with that difference in order to clear the title, in order to send the title to you, which means that they need to have an extra $25,000 in the bank, which can be a little complicated. See, that's where agreement for sale, you know, is a really good solution because, okay, yes, I will pay instead of paying a hundred, I'll pay one twenty-five, but so I'll pay $25,000 more than what I was going to or more than what it's worth, whatever. But I want terms that favor me, that benefit me that can help me make more money in the long run. You know, so if the, if it made sense, you could be like, give me terms for you carry the financing for 10 years at, the, at your low interest rate. And then I'm going to lose money for the first five years. But the back five years of the deal, the last five years of the deal, I'm going to make lots of money because I didn't have to put any money down. Um, I'm going to have mortgage paid out appreciation, all that other stuff. So sometimes, you know, you can, you can take on lesser than desirable deals as long as you have terms that are favorable where you can make money from them. Um, so, uh, we had one, uh, AFS that we did, Gabby and I, where the seller's mortgage was $5,000 more than what we were buying it for. And the seller actually paid us five thousand dollars. 
cash. Well, we, I mean, we didn't take it. We just, we had him put that $5,000 down towards the mortgage as an extra payment. So basically he paid $5,000 directly towards his mortgage principal to pay down the mortgage that we bought it technically for what he owed. And we got that agreement for sale for 10 years. Mm-hmm. 10 years. So we bought it for what it was worth, uh, for what was on the mortgage, sorry. Um, which is pretty much what it was worth. And uh, we got 10-year financing, zero money down. So he technically paid $5,000 for us to take it, which is pretty crazy. So there are deals like that. Uh, the one that um, Garrett's looking at right now, I think that's I think that's a little risky, just without knowing all the details and stuff like that. Yeah, well, we ha- we d- it's funny because uh, originally we were uh, bang on on the numbers, but then we uh, actually messed it up trying to fix it. Oh, okay. So he said they're trying to sell it for 125 Comparables are 100 and they owe 140. So uh, basically selling it for 25K more than what it's worth, not 40K more than what it's worth. One more time. Uh, comparables are 100, so it's worth 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to sell it for 125. Yeah. And they owe 140. Okay. Is it a townhouse or an apartment? I don't know. But uh, then he says they also want 10K down and it would be 2.8% mortgage uh, for four more years and he wants to sell it at the end. You don't get 10K down. There's no fucking equity. Yeah, there's there's no, there's zero equity. The seller doesn't get anything. Why would you give them $10,000 when they don't have any equity in the deal? Yeah. That's, give give that... your balls a tug. <laughs> yeah, they're literally, they if they owe 140 and they're selling it for 125 they they are paying $15,000 to their mortgager that they owe or they, they have to are come not, up with they're that they're getting at the end. zero money you don't give them any more no, no. <laughs> um i know what deal he's talking about now i now i hear the figures i know what deal this is um that's stay away from that there you go um that's yeah that's a that's a risky one yeah. And I, I just like without without I don't have the time to run through the numbers and stuff like that. Who was it that brought it up? Uh, Garrett. And he Garrett, says, great. great. He Garrett's says, in Masters. Yeah. So Garrett, next Thursday, we'll go through the numbers and I'll, I'll yeah. explain to you why. And he said, well, the figures were different on the sheet. So this was obviously brought to him. Oh, okay. And whoever brought it to him did had some figures that were out to lunch. Right. Which is common. That's good that you did your own due diligence. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, uh, next Thursday. Uh, so, so masters coaching sessions on Thursday nights. So tonight we've already got plans for what's going on tonight, obviously. Um, but next Thursday we can go through that, and I'll, I'll I'll run through the numbers with you just so you can get a good understanding of, and then you'll be able to have a good understanding of like what opportunities are available as well, depending on what their interest rates are, what kind of terms you can get. Um, I can kind of shine a light on you know how to look at it, how to you know recognize opportunities that most people don't know how to recognize agreements for sale are actually my um my expertise i just don't do them as much anymore but i mean like i told you guys earlier that's how i got started that's how i found all my first deals um i'm very very good at getting agreement for sale deals like i'm very good at it um i just don't have any use for them anymore just where i am in my in our business um so i'm looking forward to doing that next thursday what else we got cap Okay, so uh, Jenny Five says, hey, guys. Hi, Johnny. (laughs) Hey, uh, quickly before uh, we answer Johnny's question, is Joey here? 
Joe is make a note. Joey is not here. Times four. Six forty-three a.m. Six forty-three a.m. Okay, perfect. Uh, question. <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> when RRSP lending, I have a hundred thousand dollars sitting in a self-registered account and was thinking of lending it out. How does it work? Would I have to lend it out in the form of a mortgage? If so, it's only a hundred thousand dollars. Can I? be a top up of can i be top of the list on title to use the house as collateral in my head it sounds complicated only having that amount i was listening to barry talk about it he said it's very complicated setting it up can it be lent out for rental funds and don't say ask your lawyer <laughs> no this is actually this is, one where i wouldn't easy. say a lawyer what's that this is an easy one kind of sort of um just looking something up. Uh, yeah, Barry did a, um, a live training with Stuart and Denise McPherson. Um, they're out of Ottawa. Um, they're one of the few people and one of the first people, honestly, that really started talking about RRSP lending. Um, not many people ever really did because, well, there's no real way. There's no, you want to know why no one ever talks about it? There's no real way to make money off it. <laughs> it's the truth. Um, but these guys did, and they did it in an honest and honorable way. So um, I would look up Stuart and Denise McPherson. Uh, they've done lots of content, lots of different podcasts and videos and stuff on RSP mortgages. Plus, they did one with Barry McGuire here about a year ago. So you can just go into YouTube and look up RSP mortgages and lending. Um, Barry and Stuart and Denise McPherson. I just found it. Um and uh, I would watch that first. Uh, but yes, definitely an easy question um, that we can answer today. Uh, do you want to tackle it? Well, or? I don't know what direction you want to go with okay, it. Okay, we'll break so it the down first into question bite was, size. The first question was, can it be used in the form of a mortgage? It has to be used in the... Did he ask, can it or would I have to lend it out in the form of a mortgage? Yes, has to be in the form of a mortgage. That's the only way you can invest it. Has to be at least arm's length. So no friend, no family members. Uh, can't lend it to yourself. But Wayne, um, when you say form, and I might just be off course here, but when you say form of a mortgage, it doesn't, it's like, isn't it just a chunk of money used as collateral on a mortgage? It's a it's, mortgage. So, but how come it does? Oh, okay, because it's a balloon payment. Okay, I'm backing off. It's a mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you'd have to have it. You have it in your self-registered account. So you put it into a self-directed account, obviously, and then uh, you would need to send it into a trust company. Uh, the most common one that is used in Canada is Olympia Trust. Uh, go to their website, fill out their forms. You can just call them, and and they'll tell you what forms to fill out. It's pretty easy stuff. Um, take yeah, I don't know, two or three hours. Um, first time will take you a, lot, a little longer than you know after that, obviously. Um, once you've got in the self-directed account, then you can lend it out in the form of a mortgage to someone else. Um, why don't I stop right there and just see what other questions came up and see what, what I can answer. And then I'll, I'll kind of tie it up in a nice little bow at the end. Okay. So he only has a hundred thousand dollars. Can he be on the top of the list on title to use the house as collateral? You mean first position on yes. the mortgage yeah. on the title, sorry? But he only has a hundred K. So he's technically Yes. But if there's already an existing mortgage there, if there's already uh, a mortgage in first position, then you're gonna you're gonna be second position. Yeah. Meaning, if go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say, like, uh, another part of the question was, like, um, oh, maybe it wasn't part of the question. But what I was thinking is that, like, with only 100K, unless somebody's buying a property that's only worth 100, 120K, then you would be the only one and you would be in first position. position. But if you're going in and there's other lending in place, either a, um, a bank then you'll you're not going to be in first position but if you pooled with like another somebody he wouldn't pool the the buyer would yeah the buyer would if the buyer like said hey johnny can i borrow your 100k and hey wayne can i borrow your 200k i need a 300k 300k loan i would then wayne fight for first position because i have more money yeah wayne would obviously get first position because he's bringing more money yeah uh and then you would fall into second place but as long as there's enough, as long as the loan to value is 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 satisfactory, meaning the amount of loaned money or the amount of mortgage compared to the value of the property, as long as it's a good loan to value ratio, your risk is still relatively low. Meaning, you know, if it's a three hundred thousand dollar property, right? It's worth three hundred. He's buying it for three hundred. I I'm lending two hundred, and you're lending one hundred. Then he's he's he leveraged all the way up to one hundred percent loan to value. Meaning, if anything was to ever happen, see, I'm at 66% loan to value. I'm good, right? Yeah. Now, I mean, like, I'm 66% of the total value of the property, but I don't like it that he has another second mortgage that's bringing it all the way up to 100% loan to value. I don't like it because, as a lender, because the buyer has no skin in the game, he has no equity, he didn't bring any money into the deal right? He didn't put any money down. He has no equity in the property. If something's to go sideways or the value of the property goes down, tenant trash said, whatever, fill in the blank. Something does not go right. What's keeping this, this, this borrower, this, this, you know, this investor buyer, what's keeping them from staying in this deal? What's stopping them from just like, if they're behind and they're losing money, um, I want to know that they've got some skin in the game so they don't just walk away, right? Because if they walk away, then it's like, okay, now I, like it's higher risk for me, but it definitely sucks for Johnny in the second position because here's what's going to happen. Um, investor walks away from the deal, and we've seen lots of these fucking schmucks this year across yeah. Canada. Um, I heard another story there, Dale. Hmm. Another, another high-profile influencer is is um, defaulting and screwing on a bunch of people over on private mortgages. I'm not trying to scare people away. I'm just, I'm, I'm sick and fucking tired of seeing people in, you know, high profile positions, taking advantage and leveraging their influence on their students and on the market because they're coaches and they must be good. And, and then defaulting on mortgages and screwing people over. As I was saying, sucks for Johnny because Johnny, like, here's what's going to happen if if this um, this borrower defaults. So they're going to, first of all, they're probably going to be a couple months behind, right? This is like, it's going to, he's going to fall behind, you know, the house is going to be neglected, utilities are behind, property taxes are behind, right? So then eventually something happens and we, you know, they're in default. We try and do the whole, you know, step one, step two, step three for, you know, resolving, um, you know, a default before we go you know, apply for a foreclosure or get an order for that. 
But when that does happen, we're now six months behind, you know, we file. And then like when you when you file for a foreclosure, it's like it's a long process of like six months of like, have you tried this? Have you tried this? Would you guys, you know, how about you have your lawyer contact their lawyer, see if you guys can come to a solution before we take it to court? Because they always want to keep it out of the courts first. And you do that, you do that, you do that. But the other person, the borrower is just like, they're just done with it and they don't have any money to pay. And, you know, it's a very long process. So you're probably like a year behind now, a year behind on payments, right? You're here. There's a year behind on property taxes. Um, you know, you've now used up your, you know, you paid a retainer to your lawyers. So There's probably six, seven, eight thousand $8,000 worth of legal fees as well. And then you finally get the, you know, the order for the foreclosure. You take possession of the property back. What you're now going to do is you're going to liquidate the property to try and sell it. But are you going to get $300,000? Maybe. It's in crappy shape. So you might have to do a little bit of cleaning, a little bit of repairs, hire a property management company to watch the property for insurance purposes. You get it on the market. You sell it for less than $300,000. You sell it for two sixty. dollars Oh, you got to pay realtor fees on top of that for another 12, let's say $10,000. So you get, you get 250, but the house is worth 300. Okay. $250,000 comes out the proceeds. Who gets the proceeds first? Wayne does. I do. I'm in first position. So of the $250,000 with the proceeds, I'm going to get my $200,000 back that he owes me, plus all of the interest payments that he owes me, plus my legal fees. So I take about 240 of the 250. There's $10,000 remaining. Here you go, Johnny. You get 10. And Johnny's like, he owes me 100. Plus, I got $40,000 worth of legal and all the other stuff and payments that he's behind. Yeah. So now Johnny has to take the borrower to court to go after the other $130,000. Which trying to take blood from a stone like there's there's nothing there he doesn't have any money right so that's why when you're you know when you're lending money you want to make sure that there's that the loan to value is good because if the loan was only 80 percent of the of the value of the property or the total loans total mortgage is only 80 percent then you know the total mortgage would have only been two hundred and forty thousand dollars and if you sold it for 250, you know what I mean? Like you're still okay. It's not, you're not getting all the money, but, and I exaggerated some of those numbers quite a bit too, from the legal side and everything else. So um, you got to take all that into consideration to determine, your, you know, the, the risk that's associated with it. And I'd, I'd say that, you know, every, every mortgage deal, you're not, even if you follow all the rules, 80% loan to value or 75% loan to value, and you got all these covered and this covered and this covered, you know, there's always going to be that risk that someone's just a douchebag and they don't pay and they walk away. And you may lose $10,000, $20,000. But more often than not, you know, these deals do work out. It's just from time to time, um, they don't. And, and that's part of the risk of investing in private mortgages, right? In my opinion, the the reward is so much like it outweighs the risks you know what i mean even if you you lose thirty thousand dollars on one deal you know, once in 10 years yeah from some douchebag you know the amount of money that you make in security that you have on every other deal that you have guaranteed returns of like 15 16 percent you know what i mean every single time there's no other investment that gives you those 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 kind of returns guaranteed with collateral right so that's my opinion on it. But I wanted to share with you kind of why first position is always better, right? It's you get paid first. 
second position is fine, but make sure that the loan to value is good. If you if you loan to up to 100% loan to value, that's fine. But just make sure that you're loaning it to someone, lending it to someone that you trust and that has experience. Um, do your background checks. You know, don't just assume because they've got a really cool Instagram profile that, that they're good. Um, don't just assume because they got a podcast that they're good, right? Do your background checks, ask around, right? And and look at the deal, analyze the deal, run the numbers for the deal just like you would for that they would. I was going to say, I think two really important things are actually analyzing their deal and um, also like ask for a credit check, like see that they're in good financial standing and that they're not like trying to do a Hail Mary before they claim bankruptcy or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, and definitely asking around, asking mm-hmm. people who who know them or who have done business with them and that sort of thing. Uh, the other thing that I just wanted to chime in on here, and actually um, Dawn had alluded to it as well, she, uh, she's done this, is I think that a really safe way to lend out your RSPs, obviously not, not um, free of risk, but to me, the safest way is lending to somebody who has a lot of equity in their own personal residence, mm-hmm. and um, they want to to to, to get a quote unquote second mortgage on their house, access that equity um, to work on another project or to do whatever they want to do with it. Yeah. Um, but it's secured to their primary residence. So again, I wouldn't go over the like Wayne said, don't you know if unless you really want to, but don't go over the 80%. Still make sure that they have money in there. I in think their it's property. safer if you it's, go over 80% on someone's home. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're far less likely to default on their own personal primary residence yeah. than they are over a investment property, a, a flip or a whatever it is that they're doing. Yeah. Um, so even if you know their project goes sideways, your money is tied to their personal residence. And um, anyways, it's just- I like that as yeah. well. You know, because they've got- if you look into their pantry, they got all those lines on the wall of like how, you know, how tall the kids were when they were two to seven. You know what I mean? Like the, the, there's memories in a home and, you know, let's say it's the husband that screwed up. The wife is not going to be fucking happy if someone goes and forecloses on the home because he screwed up or he's walking away from his obligations. Yeah. So, yeah, um, Johnny had some more questions as part of all this. So I want to answer these before the show's up. Um in my head, it sounds complicated, only having that amount. I was listening to Barry talk about it. He said it was very complicated setting it up. Um, can it be lent out for rental fund? Okay, let's answer the first question first. Um, well, we'll the topic of can it be lent out for rental funds? Um, let's answer that. Well, so the, if just it was like I said. Gabby's example right there. Yeah. If you do a second mortgage on, say, like their home or a rental property that you own, then that... See, there's a difference between using a mortgage to purchase a property and then like a second mortgage or any mortgage on another property that you already own. Where you're accessing equity. You're yeah. accessing equity and you can use those funds for whatever you want, right? Hopefully that makes sense. The yeah. two different types. Because you can get a mortgage to purchase a property and then you can get a mortgage, you know, from equity from a property that you already own that you have equity in. And you can pull that money out and use that money for whatever you want. You can buy, you buy a house a with it. You can buy a boat. <laughs> Or you can buy, you know, use it for renovation funds. Um, <clears throat> now, for the complications of of, of setting it up, I, I kind of started talking about it. Um, you would just, you know, transfer your money into the Olympia Trust trust account. Um, what you would do is say you were lending it to Gabby. You would write up a mortgage commitment letter to Gabby saying that's, you know, 
you're going to be lending $100,000. It's going to be at 12% interest rates. Uh, it'll be monthly interest payments of $1,000 a month. Um, and it's good for six months. And it matures in six months. Uh, there's the option to renew, but it needs to be, you know, set at least, you know, 30 days before the maturity. And uh, the address of the property that is attached to, done. It's like a little one-page mortgage commitment letter. You send that off to your lawyer. Sorry, I can't remember if he sent it to Olympia. Olympia does up the mortgage. Um, it's been a while, actually. Sorry. Um, anyways, Olympia Trust will kind of help you out with that whole process. But um, mortgage documents, the lawyers take care of all that stuff. You just have to get the mortgage commitment letter done. Uh, that gets sent off to your borrower. The borrower signs, Gabby in this case, you sign, and then to Olympia Trust, your lawyer, and then they take care of the rest of all the documents. And then uh, Gabby would go into the the lawyer's office to sign the mortgage documents, just like she would for a TD mortgage or a um, Scotia mortgage or whichever else. Um, and then once it's all signed and the day of possession comes, um, the funds will be transferred out of Olympia Trust, Johnny's Olympia Trust account, to Johnny's lawyer, which goes to then Gabby's lawyer. Gabby takes the money. Gabby's lawyer takes the money, send it to the seller. Titles, you know, removed. Titles transferred to Gabby's name. And then Johnny's mortgage would get registered on title. Wayne, I wouldn't say it's any more difficult or complicated than any kind of traditional mortgage. I, it's no, just it's a different not. process. It's, and it's you're not. kind of, Olympia's you're in the involved. driver. Yeah, Olympia's involved and you're kind of in the driver's seat compared to, say, a broker being in the driver's seat. Yeah. Um, but I, like, I, I'd almost say it's a little bit easier. <laughs> There's not all like the red tape oh, of, of the standard mortgage company saying, send me this and this and that and this and all these things. Like it's it just because you are the lender and Olympia is helping you through the process. It's I, I don't really find it to be a complicated process. I find it to be quite simple. After your first one. Yeah, it's it's very, very simple. And also um, one thing that I, I don't think I recall here Wayne mentioning is that like they also kind of do a bit of the due diligence with you as well. Like they order an appraisal to make sure that, you know, the property is actually worth Olympia, uh, does, yeah. Yeah, Olympia does worth what you're lending out and that sort of thing. So uh, there's, you know, a couple extra steps in there, but um, it's all to protect you, the mortgager. So it's, yeah. 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 Um, and, and Dawn makes a good point here. She says you can also do it through a mortgage broker. So the mortgage, you can yep. uh, have a mortgage broker doing your side of the steps for you with Olympia Trust. But honestly, I, I, I wouldn't pay the broker a fee to do it for me. I would do it myself because it's a pretty simple process. Yeah. Um, Garrett asked, where's Joey? He's going to miss the whole show. Just going to make a note here. Times five. Joey is not here. 7.02 a.m., which means we need to wrap her up. We do need to wrap it up. Um, oh, man, this is going to be a pain in the butt trying to title this podcast. I'm going to get a bad review on this one because we didn't start talking about RSP mortgages until like the last 15 minutes. But it was a lot of information on RSP mortgages, so I feel like that's a good title for it. Um, it's either that or um, something about Hamilton. But then people are going to be searching up um, the musical Hamilton and they're going to be really confused because there's no Alexander Hamilton here. Um, oh, you know who's going to be doing a bad review? Crispy. <laughs> yeah. 
Steel City Blues. <laughs> Okay, guys. Um, Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you guys uh, tomorrow on Friday. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 